Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 435 of the Juice Box Podcast. Today's show is with a type one named Josh. Josh is married, has two children, one of them has type one diabetes, and he's concerned that another diagnosis may be on its way. This show is sponsored today by the glucagon that my daughter carries, Gvoke Hypopen. Find out more at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. This episode is also sponsored by the Contour Next One Blood Glucose Meter. Arden's been carrying the Contour Next One for a couple of years now, and it is the most accurate, easiest to carry, and easiest to use blood glucose meter that she has ever had. Find out more at contournext.com forward slash juice box. I think this episode is exceptionally emotional. Josh is um, going to be incredibly honest about a number of things going on in his life, and that's going to lead to a very real conversation. As a matter of fact, he's reached out since we've recorded just last week and sent me an update, which I'll put at the end so it doesn't mess up the timeline of the story. Please remember while you're listening that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice medical or otherwise, always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. With this tiny little bit of time that I have left before the music runs out, I'd like to remind you to find the podcast on Instagram. It's at Juicebox Podcast, on Facebook, at Bold with Insulin, and the private Facebook group, which now has nearly 9,000 members who are talking about all kinds of stuff with type 1 diabetes. That one's Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes. Check it out. My name is Josh Tobby, and I am a type 1 diabetic. I live here in Texas. I have um, a my daughter with, your Dexcom? With, with a signal loss on <laughs> my Dexcom. We actually just changed the Dexcom for my daughter, who is also a type 1 diabetic. Okay. How old is she? She is six years old. Okay. How old were you when you were diagnosed? Six years old. Was she just diagnosed this year? She was diagnosed one week shy of her six-year birthday. She was di- diagnosed when she was five, okay. middle of November. I feel like for the purposes of good story... We should just say she was six. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So she, she, you know, it's, it's just strange that she had a lot of the same symptoms when she was diagnosed mm-hmm. that, that um, at least the stories that I heard about myself were that we're both, you know, six years old and, um, but she took it, you know, a lot better than I did when I was six back in 1991. Is that your recollection of how you took it? Or is that from the stories people tell you about how you took it? I think it's more my recollection. Um, I don't know if I know. Um, I don't think my mom has really told me many stories of about how I, how I took it rather than just how things were, Okay. you know, and just uh, maybe a little bit of memory of, um, of, uh, you know, those, those first year or two of adjusting to, to everything. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, you're 32, six, yeah, that's a while ago. What are we talking about? The nineties? 
91. 91. Okay. Um, so what was your recollection of it since you have some, I'm always fascinated when people remember anything from their early life. So, you know, I remember going to uh, the hospital and getting the blood sugar. Um, I don't remember staying, and and I I wish I had asked my mom if if we did stay overnight, but I don't I don't remember any of that. I just remember really high blood sugar. It was actually on Mother's Day weekend. Um, my mom did tell me that we uh, I had a baseball game that morning. And previous to that baseball game, she had talked to like our pediatrician and, and with the symptoms, uh, and she was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's diabetes. So take him in, but she didn't want to interrupt my baseball game. So we went after the baseball game and after lunch, after the baseball game, um, uh, my mom's a nurse, by the way. So she of course recognized a lot of the symptoms that were happening, but at the same time, um, just like, you know, uh, they, they say you, you only get a paragraph and a half about type one diabetes when you're in nursing school. So she had a lot to learn of. I think it's a interesting, my main symptom was the, um, was just peeing everywhere, Mm -hmm. just constantly peeing and, and drinking so much milk before bed, um, that, that morning at the baseball game, apparently I had to go so bad. I was in the outfield and so I just walked back into the trees, peed, came back out. You know what I was just so, going to say? And this is, um, I'm going to, I'll let out a little bit of truth here right now. I was on a baseball field last night watching my son play and mm-hmm. peeing in the trees at a baseball field is about as American as apple pie, pickup trucks, and anything else that you can possibly think of. Uh, it is, um, it is, it just is how it's done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and when you're... And when you're six years old, you get put in the outfield maybe um, because you're not the fastest or something like that. And, and maybe I don't want to insult anybody that's in the outfield at age six, but that's why I was out there. Okay. And and uh, we um, and I just felt like uh, also at age six, not a lot of um, balls went out to the outfield, so I had a lot of time on my hands. Right. Mm-hmm. Out there thinking about life and bugs yeah. and the flowers. <laughs> I saw a boy one time get entranced by a moth in a night game. You know, like sometimes they let the little kids play at night Mm -hmm. under the lights once or twice to give them the feeling of it. And he just wandered after it. Like he was so just absolutely enchanted by it. And he couldn't. And everybody just let him be. Like you said, Mm -hmm. that age, nobody's hitting the ball out there anyway. Right. (laughs) Right. uh, right. But it's it's uh, it's not uncommon. I don't think. Uh, Did you keep Mm -hmm. up with? with baseball as you got older? Um, no, I went from, let's see, I w- it was soccer before baseball. Then it was baseball. Then it was basketball. And, um, but I would probably count baseball as one of my more watched sports. You enjoy I'm not much still. of a sports person, but right. yeah, baseball is, is something calming about it. Well, I'll tell you, you know, it made me think, and I know there's no real way to do this because it's always going to be so long ago for people, but I find myself thinking, there is an episode in talking to someone's parent f- only about the time from when they realized the kid had diabetes until they took them to the hospital and what they thought and tried to accomplish, like how much life they tried to get into that space in mm-hmm. between those two moments. Like I imagine your mom just thinking like, let him finish the game and then I'll take him to lunch. We'll do something normal and then I'll break his heart and drag him to the hospital, right? You know, uh, yeah, the the embarrassing story um, about that is that my mom wanted to go to the hospital right after the game. But my dad was very insistent 
on going out to a steakhouse and getting a big, a big lunch, which, you know, she of course was worried about me and my blood sugar after a big lunch. So, uh, was he just yeah. worried about being hungry at the hospital? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't ask my dad. Uh, I just, the only Josh, thing he can just... remember is me, is me peeing on the, on the Legos, uh, in, uh, in our, in our game room. So that was the other, the main no thing. Kidding. Yeah. Isn't it funny the, the... how you feel like you have to aim at something? Right. Like yep. on the floor would be ridiculous, but the Legos on the floor seems reasonable. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I, of course, I don't remember any of that. That's the, the sleepwalking out of it and, and then just the just getting up that and constant peeing. So, no yeah. Kidding. It's crazy. So, okay. So, you're diagnosed. Um, how do you, from your recollection to your experience with your daughter, do you see any similarities or differences? Oh, man. Um, the similarities would be, at least in, in her personal experience, the only similarity I would think would be, you know, um, the nurses still wear scrubs and uh, they take your blood sugar with a, a ridiculously sized meter. Other than that, it's all new, right? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, I, I don't know what was in my mom's head. I can, you know, I can imagine, um, she's a very emotional person and she'll be listening to this, but she knows she is. And so, um, I can just, I can imagine there because there was so much unknown Mm -hmm. for me. Um, and there still was, you know, 10 years after I was diagnosed. Um, but when, when, so what happened, my daughter, um, started, uh, they would have the normal, um, but not very much, you know, maybe pee in the, in the, uh, in the bed when they were younger, but at five, you know, she had, she had a couple of years of not doing that, but every time she would, my mind would start racing. So then she started getting up one, one night and was, you know, wandering around and I took her to the restroom. Okay. That's one night. And then it happened again the next night and my, my heart was starting to break. And I said, okay, after the second night, if this happens a third night, I'm going to test her blood sugar in the morning. And sure enough, she went, she did the same thing the next night and tested the blood sugar in the morning. And, um, she was, uh, 456. Wow. And, you know, of course, not everybody has those sorts of um, abilities to do that. I had, I had, I had 20 meters probably in my house, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I could have given her insulin right there, but you know, not, not really what you're supposed to do. And, and because of that, you know, we didn't really know what to do. We're like, okay, I don't feel like she needs to go to the ER. She's not, she was complaining a little bit of, of stomach issues. Like she didn't want to eat stomach issues but wasn't really, there wasn't really much anything else. Um, and so, uh, we, we called around to the primary and of course the primary is doing a CYA and saying, go to the ER. Everybody's saying, go to the ER. So finally, um, after probably a few more blood sugar tests, just to make sure, you know, basically dose her in alcohol swabs and make sure that it is high. Um, we did that. So, the experience, the experience. Oh, I was, I was saying about the unknown. My, my, for my mom, it was all this unknown, and for me, it was, 
a flood of of known. You knew exactly what was coming, yeah. I, yeah, and and so did my wife. Um, <laughs> my mom's a nurse. I married a nurse. I always have to keep a nurse nearby, <laughs> and uh, and so she knew what was going on because she'd been married to me too. And but she didn't like you know. No one kind of knew what was in my head because I was reliving my childhood. Yeah. But like you asked, there was what was different. It turns out everything was different. Right. Yeah, your daughter's childhood is going to be completely different in many ways, but specifically about diabetes than yours was. And that's did that become comforting at some point, or how long did it take for that comfort to creep in? Um, it it became comforting at some point. Let's see. It probably took maybe two two weeks, two to four weeks Mm -hmm. after. everybody under the sun telling me um, about how I did a good job catching it early. How, isn't it good that you already know what to do? All this stuff. I'm, I'm really thick. So I just, it takes a long time to get through to me. Well, no, I would say Josh, in fairness to you, it, it's not that simple, right? Like it is, it's, it's academically that simple. Those things are all true and they are definitely things you can lean on. And it's, but it's emotional, first of all, and secondly, it's not fair. It's not what you hoped for. It's not what you planned for. It's it's all of those things. And it's hard. You're a young guy, right? I mean, if she's six and you're 32, what are you, what are you, 20, 26 when, she, when this 30, is happening? Oh, excuse me. 34. 34. Oh, excuse me. So you're, so tw- I you're was 28 years old. You can't, couldn't have been married that long, right? You know? uh, no, actually, uh, let's see. We got married when I was 19. No. Well, 19? I think so. Okay. It was legal. You didn't yeah. steal her or something like that. No. Right? No, okay. We've been married I, yeah. for 13 years. Okay. I, I, the, the math, I don't know. We, don't worry we've about been it. married so, for 13 years. So you're yeah. married, you're building a family, you're dealing with your own health stuff because you have diabetes. You know, you get a house, you think I'm going to make a baby. This is going to be a thing. Here's what's going to happen. You plan it out in your life. At no point when you're planning out in your life, do you think, you know, she's going to get type one, even though you had it. Um, I don't still, so, yeah. I still don't think you plan for it. You know what I mean? Right. And, and, and in some ways we, we sort of kind of, you know, did, I, I, I've heard people talk to you about like, you know, and you talk to, um, you know, I, I listen to the podcast all the time Thank you. and, um, uh, what's the, the baseball, baseball Sam. guy, Sam, you know, yeah. about talking about, okay, you're still going to have kids, yada, yada, yada. If, right. and, and I mean, the answer was always yes. Um, but we went to, we went to a, um, when we got pregnant with, um, I have three kids, so I have a nine-year-old. This is, we're talking about my middle one, which mm-hmm. is six and the, my, um, two-year-old. Um, we went to a genetics consult to talk about this and, and something else. But, uh, they said, because I have nobody else in my family, I don't know anybody right. that's a type one. I mean, up until, you know, like this, listening to this podcast, I still don't really know anybody, you know, but now it's more of a community. Um, and that was me growing up to just, you know, to throw that in there. Um, and so it's, I forgot where I was going with That's that. Okay. You're, you're upset at the moment, which is, is yeah. understandable. And I don't want to push you too far. Uh, and I'm a sensitive, I'm a sensitive boy. Well, so. I have to tell you, Josh, I am too. This could turn into two 
guys crying <laughs> on a podcast. Yeah. I'm trying to keep that from happening. Uh, yeah. Oh, but I was saying about looking for the diet. Like we were going to have a baby. We were yeah. going to we were going to do that. I wasn't. You know, there was no. Uh, to, and but to me, they gave me an, enough assurances that it is not likely. Right. Because I and I feel like I don't know this for certain, but I feel like at that time they didn't maybe they weren't quite sure of the links that they are pretty sure of now, you know, the, the genetic modifier that gives you a, um, an autoimmune disease, mm. though it's a spin of the wheel, which one, right? So, um, if they had known that they would have known, you know, my, I had, I have hypothyroidism, my mom does, you know, and all these other things that, you know, er, you know, everybody gets to spin the wheel. Yeah. And, um, uh, I also have something called alpha one antitrypsin deficiency. Have you heard of that? No, but let's take no a detour has. and find out what that is, <laughs> please. Alpha one. Okay, so I'm going to do my best here because I don't really know it either. Um, I feel like I'm trypsin, about to Google. So go ahead. Go for it. Yeah, Google. <laughs> uh, Google, and the probably the best thing is to image search it because it, it needs the images. My understanding is trypsin is one of those body juices that um, helps almost kind of keep your organs oiled and working and protected. Mm-hmm. Um, and so trypsin is made in the liver and I believe, and then it's supposed to also help the lungs. So it's supposed to go up to the lungs and help with that. And so with alpha one antitrypsin, when you're young, they are checking your liver and your young lungs to make sure that it's, it's helpful. Okay. And that, or, or that you have, um, that you don't have any deficiencies or anything like that. I always thought it was a really good excuse for my mom to say, you can't smoke and you can't drink. Um, but you know, <laughs> so she knew, does she have this too? No, she does not have this. Okay. So this is, but it's you know, an inherited getting, condition. So somebody has it, right? It is a her- inherited condition. Both of my parents are carriers. So that's the positive R my, uh, or no, uh, capital R negative R. What is it? Well, dude, you yeah, know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, recessive. Yeah, recessive. Dominant, uh, recessive. Dominant, dominant recessive. and recessive. Okay. okay. So then they made they made my brother. He is um uh I don't know what he is. He, he might be a carrier. Um then I I so here's the the sad part. I should have a sister that is two years older than me. Okay. But she died from alpha one antitrypsin deficiency. Or she died from needing a kidney or liver transplant okay oh my mom's gonna hate me for not knowing that uh liver what i think is a liver transplant i don't think your mom's gonna hate Um, you but but (laughs) i know that (laughs) but um uh they they couldn't find one and um so she died when she was one she died when she was about one oh my goodness and so then um for some reason my 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 parents decided to to have me and (laughs) And of course, when I'm born, um, they, uh, oh, this is going to get trippy. When I, when I was born, they, they tested me and my brother, mm-hmm. you know, for the, for the deficiency. And when they drew the blood, they accidentally drew from my brother's vial both times. Okay. So I was negative. Ah, he was negative. So they thought you were negative. Now, is there and any yet- care that you missed out on for not knowing? Not any preventative care, I don't believe I so. Don't, yeah, okay. But I started getting a little bit sick when I was a baby, mm-hmm. and so my mom, who actually remember she's a nurse, so she she wrote some sort of journal article about it, 
uh, about Alpha One way back in the day and no stuff. Kidding. And and um, it, so she she recognized it, and they went back and they retested, and I am positive, you know. And so then they eventually figured out that that must have been what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom then, you know, and and I, you know, there's there's a, a higher power or something out there that made that happen because my mom said that if she knew that I was positive, the attachment, it, I mean, how can, I mean, she would have felt like she's, she's already been through past, a, like a death of a child, yeah. you know? And so, uh, so yeah, I had, I, I don't think I got a little bit sick, but nothing that, you know, obviously mm-hmm. uh, happened to my sister and, but what we have come to find out now 30 years later is trypsin they they're leak, linking the amount of uh, that that a lot of type 1 diabetics have a lower amount of trypsin in their body i guess okay remember i'm 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 not really a sciencey guy don't worry so, I'm, I'm hanging with you go mm-hmm. ahead so that trypsin is is you know not just lungs and liver it's helping oil all of the organs and protect all of the organs and making you know making maybe those um white blood cells work better which actually i guess would be a bad thing but you know uh just making things work better and um and so we we find this out probably uh shoot four or five months ago Five or six months ago, okay. right around the time that I saw you at uh, in, Dallas, in Dallas at the J- JDRF, and um, and that just blows my mind. So my alpha one antitrypsin that I've had for all my life interacted with whatever virus caused that that gene to finally you know pop and start my autoimmune um uh, attack on my pancreas right. that causes then um my diabetes and then the diabetes of course causes a whole bunch of other stuff wow did you wow well i'm gonna soak that in for a second um did you have hypothyroidism prior to diabetes or after 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 i mean i might have they didn't they didn't well, I, they didn't give me any meds on it for it until like when I was twenty-two or something like Is that. Is that so. when you started noticing? Like, what was it? Like, what got you for the hypo? Was it uh, energy, sleep? No, actually, I mean, I, I didn't know anything. Oh, um, okay. it was my my. Um, I mean, I was I was a tired, you know, twenty-year-old. Yeah, you know, call a uh, master's student at that point. <laughs> you expected to be uh, tired, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, no, it was just my I've I've been presented with these things with that um, cholesterol stuff. No, I guess not that one, but the cholesterol and and uh, heart medicine as a preventative, as a hey, your body's being taxed by diabetes. You should take this to help to help those those out. Right. I've and heard so, that a lot, actually. That people take cholesterol medications like things that that you would normally take if you were approaching or having a problem sometimes they mm-hmm. take it as preventative right yeah okay yeah and that's what i've been told um i know sometimes my cholesterol can be a little bit off but i have chickens and i eat a lot of eggs so uh well, and i'm not going to stop that well what are the chickens going to do with the eggs if you don't eat them they would turn right? into more chickens now what would you do no right. well no, oh, no not, they wouldn't we don't have, we don't have, have a rooster 
we don't have a rooster. Yeah. Ah. So wow. they would uh they would start they would try to make them into um into little chickens, but they would fail. And yeah. I tried to get you to say something so we could call the episode cockadoodle do, but I guess we're not gonna get there. So that's fine, Josh. Don't worry. <laughs> oh no, no, you can you no, can say it. No, yeah. no, let's not no. force the issue. Uh so <laughs> I, I have to be honest with you, and since I guess you know it's not, you know, the um the alpha one antitrypsin deficiency does not seem like a fun thing to have. Um, are you feeling effects of it or how is it? I don't think so. No, I really don't think so. I, and, and I, um, I have, I have offered myself to a lot of different studies done by pharmaceuticals or whoever, um, for that, but because I have never been symptomatic, they don't ever take me. I see. A uh, one that they were actually looking for no one, looking for someone with no symptoms. They wouldn't take me because I have di- diabetes. So I think I'm thinking like in three or four years that they're going to have something where they're actually looking for diabetics. But I could be wrong. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what. I mean, besides, you know, death of my my sister. I don't really know what um, happens with trips and alpha one. It's fascinating i mean it's i'm i'm on the nih website here people with alpha one antitrypsin deficiently usually develop the first signs and symptoms of did you step on that dog of no. lung disease between ages of 20 and 50 uh by the way let's just digress for a second i bet you cannot find another podcast while during the reading of a serious disease someone jokes about stepping on a dog the earliest symptoms are shortness of breath following mild activity Reduced ability to exercise, wheezing, other signs and symptoms can include unintentional weight loss, recurring respiratory infections, fatigue, rapid heartbeat upon standing. Affected individuals often develop emphysema, which is a lung disease caused by damage to the small air sacs in the lungs, the uh, alveola. Characteristic features, uh, excuse me, characteristic features of emphysema. Well, all right, blah, blah, hacking, we know emphysema. About 10% of infants with alpha type 1 develop liver disease, which often causes uh, what, you know, jaundice. Apparently, f- approximately 15% of adults with alpha-1 develop liver damage, cirrhosis, due to the formation of scar tissue in the liver, signs of cirrhosis, blah, blah, blah. In rare cases, people with alpha-1 develop a skin condition, which is characterized by hardening skin and painful lumps or patches. Well, holy crap. That I don't sucks. think I've, I mean. I'm glad you don't have it. I mean, I'm glad you don't have so, symptoms of it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm now I'm like wondering, like, okay, so when my firstborn was jaundiced a little bit, he didn't have to stay any any, but he was jaundiced. It, my mom probably was like, uh, you know, that's yeah, you know, yeah. triggering in your her poor head mother. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she just. And I, I looked at trypsin too because you specifically talked about it. It's a serum. Mm-hmm. This doesn't make any sense. I, I could read these words, and four <laughs> people are going to understand them. Um, but you're saying who told you that? people with type one can have less trypsin um it's a, some sort of study i could probably um my wife is the smart one of of us and so she's and so she found it and read it and i can i can send it to you after this i will put it but, in the show notes if you said it and i know she's the smart one because you stepped on the dog sitting down so that's no big <laughs> deal um all right so i would I'll, i'd like to add that to it and uh, you know just so people can can follow along if they want to um okay so holy hannah so how old were you when you realized you had this because of one yeah 
Um, I mean, I, I was probably one or two okay. or maybe three when my, when, when my mom took me in or whenever I got sick right. somewhere around there. Okay. So it was at birth, they checked. No, mm-hmm. obviously. Yes. And then a little while later. Okay. Uh, okay. Why don't we go back to something more upbeat, like type one diabetes <laughs> for a second? Yeah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we, I mean, well, back to that genetics, uh, appointment, you know, they, they tested, my wife, yeah, they tested. Actually, this was after my bro- my son was born, but they tested my wife, and they found out that she is recessive, recessive. Mm-hmm. So none of my children are going to have alpha one, but they're all going to be carriers. Okay. Which well, listen, then, at this point in history, Josh, we're all carriers, apparently. Right. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Oh, right. so you know, you know, you're talking about um, well, current event history. COVID attacks your lungs. You don't see them, you know, talking about all those people with alpha one antitrypsin that uh, that the COVID is going to be even worse for oh, for them on top of the type one diabetes. Yeah, that's because like nobody has alpha one antitrypsin. It's very rare, is right. my understanding. Um, so all my kids will be carriers, and they there's I guess there's research. I don't know if it's the same research that my wife read that even as a carrier, sometimes you will have lower levels than um, not like, you know, out of the ad or out of the normal, but just lower. Right. Okay. So, Hey, maybe, maybe that's what happened, you know? And, and I think during those first two to four weeks of, of, uh, my daughter's diagnosis, I kept on going back of like, why, you know, of course it's, you know, I still, I still battle the idea that it's my fault because I'm pretty sure, I, I mean, come on. Givoke Hypopen has no visible needle and is the first pre-mixed auto-injector of glucagon for very low blood sugar in adults and kids with diabetes, ages 2 and above. Not only is Givoke Hypopen simple to administer, but it's simple to learn more about. All you have to do is go to givokeglucagon.com forward slash juicebox. Givoke shouldn't be used in patients with insulinoma or pheochromocytoma. Visit givokeglucagon.com dot com slash risk. Why don't we ever wonder what blood glucose meter we have? We just take the one the doctor gives us, the one the insurance company says is okay. But we never think, is it the most accurate? Does affordability and accuracy, do they have to be competing? Can I get an affordable, accurate meter? Why have I never thought to look into these things? Well, luckily for you, I have looked into them, and that's why I'm here today telling you about the Contour Next One blood glucose meter, and it is at least worth your time to look into. Contournext.com forward slash juice box. They have test strip programs. It's possible that you could be eligible for a free meter. Uh, It's possible that your insurance company will cover it. It's possible that the meter will be less expensive if you pay out of pocket with cash than it would be for another meter through your insurance company. These are a lot of possibilities and all of them can be looked into further at contournext.com forward slash juice box. The contour next one meter is easy to use, easy to hold. It has a bright light for nighttime viewing and darn it. It has second chance test strips, which means you can go in, touch the blood, not get enough and go back again 
without without decreasing the accuracy of your blood glucose test. Check them out. There are links to all the sponsors at juiceboxpodcast.com or right there in the show notes of the podcast player that you're listening in. And if you're not listening in a podcast player, please do. And if you are and you haven't subscribed, hit subscribe. Thanks so much. I appreciate your time. Let's get you back to Josh. I still battle the idea that it's my fault because I'm pretty sure, I, I mean, come on. You think the diabetes came through your bloodline, but that's not fault. All right, Josh, let's take a, let's take a detour for a second. Cause I watched my wife do this for years and everyone knows who's married. You can't, you can't listen. You're not allowed to tell your wife things. <laughs> I don't know why it's just the rule of like, you know, the universe. So here's how I'll put it. I got a message last night from a mother of a child with type one who's doing a terrific job with her kid and she's come a really long way in a short time, but her messages are panicky. And so I said to her, can we talk like friends for a second? And she said, sure. And I said, good. You got to calm down. (laughs) I I was like, just relax. I said, you're doing terrific. I know you want to be doing better. Um, and, uh, but you're doing terrific. You have to calm down. And she said, oh, my husband keeps saying that. And I was like, why are you not listening to him when he tells you you need to calm down? She goes, "Uh, I don't like it when he tells me that. And I was like, yeah, I'm not allowed to tell my wife to calm down either. (laughs) I said, but I love that I was able to tell it to you. It's very freeing because I need to be told to calm down sometimes. I'm not saying it in like a gender way, like, you know, lady with the vapors. I'm just saying that sometimes people get an idea caught in their head and they just can't let go of it. And I wish I could have found a way in that moment with my wife while she was blaming herself because there are autoimmune issues on her side of the family. I just kept saying, it's not your fault. It's no one's fault. It's random. It's, you know, how could you be at fault here? And she would never listen to me. And I wish I could have just told her, you know, like I was a person outside of her. Because I think if someone could have just Mm -hmm. told her instead of me, she would have accepted it better. So this is my chance, Josh, to make the world a better place. You got to calm down, man. It ain't your fault. Okay. <laughs> you didn't do it. You know, it's, it's a, um, it's one of those um, things where you can point at all the, the science and it's, it's, it's something, it doesn't affect me day to day, but it, yeah, it's something that I, I feel. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know. And that, you know, talking about like, okay, alpha one, maybe, maybe causing or helping to cause type one diabetes and then type one diabetes and all those uh, uh, side effects that come from that. And that's one of those is major depression. I was diagnosed with major depression okay. this summer, June, I think it was before she was diagnosed. So last June. So I'm. When did I, we meet? We met after she was diagnosed in this year, January, February, whenever the Dallas one I don't want to be blamed for this depression is what I'm saying. Like, is meeting (laughs) me can throw people into a, into a (laughs) tailspin? Uh, So, okay. We'll, we'll pick this apart a little bit. So you were, your daughter hadn't been diagnosed yet. You've been living with diabetes for a long time. So my first question is, do you find it difficult to live with type one? I find it difficult to um, 
I find it difficult to live with the effects of type one. Okay. How, which ones? Picking, you know, picking that apart because when I was growing up, I was not a good diabetic and, um, I just, you know, when you're at that time, it was NPH and R you had to give the R, um, 30 minutes before you had to wait, 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 wait. And then, okay, this is my plate. I get to have bell pepper because there's always bell pepper because there's no carbs in that and just need something. Um, and I can have 45 carbs for lunch and I can have 60 carbs. And so everything is regimented. And yeah. remember my mom's a nurse. I'm going to keep saying that probably right. my mom's a nurse. So she follows the the rules, you know? Um, and so I, I say that and I want to, I'll step back and say my mom is great because like for Halloween, she would go to like 10 of the nearby houses that knew me mm-hmm. and give them packs of baseball cards to give me instead of candy. Uh-huh. So yes, my mom, my mom. Did you know that but, was a setup even as a kid where you're like, this is nobody else is leaving here with baseball cards or. I think I, I mean, I figured it out after the first house <laughs> when, whenever like they have a bowl of candy. Oh, oh Josh, let me, let me, oh, th- th- there you go. <laughs> Mrs. Johnson's like, Josh is here. Everyone to your places. Yeah. Get the baseball cards. Don't, Act br- natural. don't breathe on them. <laughs> don't um, let them see the Reese's peanut butter. cup. <laughs> oh man. Reese's peanut butter. Coast. That's, that's the best one. Um, so, you know, and just school, you know, there was there was a, a certain kid that uh, would would say, why don't you go die, diabetes? Oh, you know, it's just like that. I mean, not very creative, but <laughs> yeah. it's, it certainly hits you because every single day you're leaving to go to the nurse. And and yeah, you've heard all these stories. You don't know whether to be upset because of the absolute meanness of the statement or the lack of creativity really you know which way do you go and when you're young this all is i mean i'm I'm assuming every ounce of it hits you with the full force right it's just terrible i Mm -hmm. i can't imagine otherwise um wow uh, you got to give me a second on the go die diabetes thing. You fried my mind there. <laughs> Jesus. See, I don't think that would be a good, um, a good episode title. I don't think we're going to call would, it, it that. Turn, no. It would turn people away. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's just one of those things like you can't get away from it. It'd be the first thing I would say to any new teacher. Um, like after, you know, probably after second grade, my mom would do everything up until second grade, but you know, I would tell them, Hey, just so you know, I'm a type one diabetic, you know, look for these signs, blah, 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 blah. Or maybe give them a note that my mom had written. Right. You know, um, so it was, it just it colored was, everything, right? It col- Yeah. It yeah. colored everything. It changed, it changed everything. Um, not to say that I didn't use it to my advantages sometimes. Um, you know, w- there was community pools that we would go to and, I would go up to the lifeguard and say, my, my blood sugar's low, my blood sugar's low. So they would give me 50 cents so I can get a Coke. So that was nice. Hey, um, you know, taking <laughs> finally, finally a win in all of this. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Of course, God. then I have to drink a Coke, but, um, oh, I'm is... more of a, I'm more of a diet Coke. I see. You didn't really want the Coke, but you did <laughs> like the idea of getting the freebie. I got to be honest, Josh. Uh, you know, I, I see the attraction of that. I really do. <laughs> uh, you know, taking naps in the nurse's office, uh, stuff like that. Right. You know, going in for um, 
for uh, feeling low, but it, it just colored, it colored my whole life. Yeah. Um, it, it made me think that, um, you know, into the teenage and, and going off to college years that I, I probably won't get married because I'm going to pass this disease on and, or I'm going to, to die young. Um, you know, all, all this stuff, because it, I mean, I don't know if it was for everybody. It doesn't sound like it's everybody's experience, but there was a certain amount of a fear based, uh, boundaries, treatment. I don't know what to call it. Um, always reminding you of, of your feet of, you know, of everything, you know? So, so that's, that's, that's the, as soon as my daughter was diagnosed, that all flooded. I'm like, she's, this is going to be horrible. And this is my child that loves candy and, um, all this stuff. It just, just came on me and it took me too long to, to figure out, Oh, wait, she's going to start where I'm at now. Yeah. You know, we had a Dexcom for her. Honestly, no, actually she got, we were able to get a Libra really quickly because they're just in the pharmacy. Mm-hmm. So I switched to the Libra for a little bit and gave her my Dexcom. She had a Dexcom in a week, yeah. you know? Um, and, uh, and then, you know, of course now has her own. Well, and, John, it, and it hasn't affected her. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I mean, because I feel like we're going to move forward here in a second. And I, I just want to remind you and everybody that's listening that what you just said is just a million percent true. You had a very common experience having type one diabetes, you know, a couple of decades ago, it just is what it was. And it it doesn't, it like, I don't want to be reductive. There are people who don't have great insurance or don't have great doctors who, for whom diabetes might be very similar still just with some better insulin, right? Mm -hmm. There are still a lot of people who just are like, here, give an insulin and a meter. And they're like, here you go. This is it. Um, and that's, um, that's, unfortunate and sad but for everyone who's not in that situation this is night and day like you're this is you know space travel compared to walking at this point absolutely you know um and and your daughter will have a completely different experience and i think that hopefully there'll be a way for you to feel the the joy in that um and and move forward so how did you handle the depression um diagnosis did you are you doing something about it is it did it help or where are you at with that um i i uh i am a a counselor a therapist by trade and so it took it took me uh of course it took me a little bit longer than it should have to go see my own therapist mm-hmm. uh, and so i started um seeing somebody and then eventually um got on some medication and it's taken from like june now from like August or September to a couple months ago to find the right mix that has been relatively helpful. You know, it's interesting because it occurs to me that you are the exact kind of soul I would want as a therapist and you are the exact wrong kind of a person to have to go home at the end of the day, having been a therapist all day. How do you do? Cause you've seemed very empathetic and mm-hmm. you're, you're making me happy. I mean, you're like, like, like not by being, I, that came out wrong. Like I feel comfortable talking Mm -hmm. to you and you're only one of a handful of men who have ever been on the show, who have been able to reach inside themselves and talk, you know, from a, 
from a place of how they feel, which I appreciate. But mm-hmm. after a day of people dumping their stuff in your lap, how do you walk away from that? Or can you not? Uh, it's a it's a trait or it's a uh, uh, and it's something you have to either learn. You either have it or you have to learn it mm-hmm. or you're going to be in burnout land and you probably won't last as a therapist. So at some point, I've learned it, I guess. You know, so it's I've academic been, a, when people are talking. You listen for words, ideas, things no, that no, it's not. No, that. it's not. Oh, okay. It's I, I, I'm a hundred percent. I mean, I, my wife calls me the, a super empath, which I think is something. Like again, she's the smart one. She's the reader, and and uh, maybe it's just empath, um, where it really affects me way too much. Right. Um, and so, like. You know, I, I grew up with my parents got a divorce, and like like I said, it's it, there was just so many feelings and so many everything that um, somehow I got all the feelings, and my brother got all the the thinkings, the brain stuff. You know, he he's able to to deal with the feelings by just not feeling, and um, he and thinks I can't. his way through stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, there have been times on this show where people have come on and surprised me with the things that they've said and I've handled it by trying to be more academic about it. And then there have been times where it catches you by surprise and you feel like your heart opens up and just wants to hug them and you feel like your Mm -hmm. chest is going to explode. It's very, uh, it's very interesting. Um, it just, it just struck me as you were talking, I was like, Oh, this poor guy, like he must, he must leave work some days just being like, oh, my gosh. But to your point, how you, you'd have to learn how to deal with it or, or you probably couldn't do it very long. Um, yeah. Well, people, the people who seek you out, I, I imagine, are lucky to have you. So that's that's lovely for you to give yourself like that. Yeah. Good for you. All right. Okay. So diabetes sucked when you were younger. Kind of thought mm-hmm. that's how your daughter was going to be moving forward. It's not. You know that now. Fighting mm-hmm. with feeling like this is your fault. You get diagnosed with is it cl- clinical depression? Is that the diagnosis? Yep. That's so that gets medicated, right? Mm-hmm. Did that help? Uh, eventually, the, like the first meds that I took um, turned uh, turned me into I was just completely numb. Yeah. I couldn't I couldn't feel anything. There was no happiness or sadness. Which, if that's how you want to be, then then you can be like that. But I couldn't enjoy things, so I didn't much like that. Um, you know, the next one, you know, turned me into a, a zombie. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't focus on anything. Right. Like, yeah. Um, you know, maybe the next one didn't really work, and then eventually found one that worked. Wow, that's persistent. It, good for you. Yeah. How you know, for people to hear that, they should understand too. What's the time like? So the day you decide this is it, you try mm-hmm. one medication. How long does that go before you try the Ooh, second? That's the hard one. That's a hard one because yeah. um, between every med change, it's about a month. Right. They want because with antidepressants, it takes um, at least a good two weeks for it to build up in your system to be effective. Mm-hmm. You're not going to pop a pill and be like, oh. Oh, the Finally. sun's shining. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, uh, you have it, it's a buildup, and, and then, then you find out it doesn't work. 
or works yeah, yeah differently. Yeah, than you want and to. and so then it's you don't always have to like you know titrate down. Some of them you do have to to titrate down, but um, sometimes you can just kind of switch over or just add something. You know, try to boost it. Okay, what about you know this much Prozac, and then if it doesn't, if it's not working, it's not working. Right. Um, and then you know, okay, then you just you do like a quick titration, and then you know, adding this thing and see what happens there. But so it was multiple month after month after month right. to, to find eventually effects or works. So effects are, that's, I've heard, I've heard people say that one before too. Um, it's a, it's a, a dual, dual activator. So it's a, it's a little bit more hardcore than some of the other ones. Gotcha. At least that's how I describe it to people. So you've got your, there's, you have highs and lows again, but you don't feel overwhelming sadness. Is that it? Well, that's a triumph. Congratulations. Seriously. That's a big deal. Um, Do you think it's something that was brought on by a trauma and maybe, or do you think you'll, it'll be with you for a long time, the need for the medication and how do you figure that out? Right. Cause if you go off it, right. That's the only way to figure it out. I hope I don't need it for forever. Um, I'm not against the idea. I mean, I can't be because I take insulin and, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I know, I know it wasn't like an immediate trauma. It's, it it was built from my parents divorced and type one diabetes, a hundred percent and just built up from that. And, you know, if I, I probably could have been diagnosed when I was in, in middle school, when I was telling my, my parents, I hate life. I hate life. <laughs> like a, like a moody teenager. Right. Uh, so, well, let's do this then. let's, let's dip into your skills and, and put ourselves in a time machine. What should young Josh have done different to not end up here? Do you have <laughs> thoughts about that? It's hard. I mean, you know, you know, one thing that you do with therapy is, or you can do is remind people what they have control of and don't have control of. Right. I don't, I did not have control of my parents divorcing and I did not have control of getting type one diabetes or the effects of type one diabetes. If my personality was more like my daughter's, I might have been able to own diabetes a little bit better. Okay. Um, if if I had if I had sought out you know a um, a therapy like I'm I had been doing pre COVID um, to try to 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 recognize where this stuff is coming from and that it's not in my control. Um, and sometimes we just have to deal with that, that it's not in your control earlier. Mm-hmm. That might've been it, but it's one of those things. I don't know if I would ever, cause there's a certain amount of, of um, just gen- genetic, you know, blood makeup, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm the, maybe I have a little bit less, dopamine or whatever it is, uh, in there that, um, I'm just more susceptible to it. Yeah. I don't think there was anything that young Josh or even, um, you know, college Josh could have really done. I don't know. 
just so maybe just having someone to talk to to i mean is it fair to call it like letting the steam off like sometimes like to keep you from getting to critical mass do you is that what the conversation does for people sometimes yeah yeah that's and we we, oftentimes we call that being a sounding board you know if you know and and sometimes you know that that is all people need just to, to to be heard maybe they don't have someone at home to be heard or they have a topic that they can't bring up with their mom or brother or sister or you know loved one um and they just need to be heard but then you know it's always that question of okay you you can come in week to week and and be heard but what are we going to do about it you know can we do anything about it right and if so what are we going to do about it yeah and for you obviously if diabetes was one of your stressors I mean, the only thing you can really do about it didn't exist back then for you, right? And Mm -hmm. like just finding management ideas that didn't take up as much of your time, didn't cause you to bounce around as much and feel that way and to be scared all the time. So you listen to the podcast. Is is your management like completely different than it was when you were younger? Have you had luck with that? Okay. Oh, yeah. So when my daughter, um, the one that was diagnosed, uh, was about two, one or two, I, uh, I had a, a seizure in the middle of the night. Um, up until that point, I have never had, I had never been hospitalized for being too high. I'd never been hospitalized for being too low. I've never had any of those sorts of, of issues. Um, and that, that hit me. I don't know what, I honestly don't know what happened. And it was very, very scary. Um, and I was preparing myself for this. I was talking to my wife this past week. Um, and I realized that what hurt the most, I mean, it hurts to have a seizure, um, especially if you bite your tongue and stuff like that. Yeah. But what hurt the most, uh, I just remember laying in the hospital bed in the ER and just feeling a tremendous amount of shame that I didn't, I didn't take care of my diabetes well enough that, you know, it's this, I know, I know we don't curse here, but it's just that, that, oh, moment where you, you realize, okay, the, the reaper's coming. And that's what hit me. Um, I, I, I don't think I developed a, a sleeping issue after that, but I had trouble going to sleep for a long time after that. to go to sleep, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And um, lo and behold, out of that out of that muck of crap um, comes the idea. Oh, what's this? Uh, what's a Dexcom G4? And this is where I'm going to really rail on my endocrinologist. I'm not putting my endocrinologist on on your um, on your your docs list. Won't be on the uh, won't be on the juiceboxdocs.com yeah. page. Oh, there's, of great there's doctors. your there's your your promo. Yeah, <laughs> everybody go do that. Um, I will I will n- mention some names of, of good people, but my 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 endocrinologist is not. But she's an adult endocrinologist. I have asked her. She said that. Um, no more than five percent of her caseload is type one diabetics. Mm-hmm. So she, how how is she supposed to know? Right. She never introduced the idea of a continuous glucose monitor to, to me until I had this, and it was some other doctor or my wife. Remember, she's the smart one. Yeah. And um, and oh crap, you know. So I got that, and I immediately went probably from 
I don't know. I don't know where I was at. I'm pretty sure it was like an eight or nine mm-hmm. down to under seven and then kept on going. And since, since that date, I haven't been like over 6.3. Wow. Um, and I was still doing MDI, but just with the Dexcom. Right. That's amazing. Yeah, being, being aggressive. And so the seizure changed my life in good and bad ways. I couldn't sleep. I was more anxious. I was more depressed, but I was also yeah, getting better, Yeah. Um, getting better care. And you know, that happened again with my daughter that it tore my heart out. It broke my heart. And I realized that I hated diabetes. I knew I hated diabetes, but I wasn't, I couldn't, I couldn't hate diabetes anymore. I can't go around, um, you know, not that I did, you know, throwing my, you know, shots and saying shots are stupid or something like that, but I can't have that about diabetes anymore because I have to, I have to take care of her. Yeah. And I have to let her be free, which meant I had to be free of of that feeling. <sighs> and is that it, took a that, is that it took self loathing. Like oh yeah. Take her out of it. It's it feels like the diabetes and you are the same thing. Is that mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. I it, mean, I am a diabetic. You know, there's there's been a trend lately, not lately the past probably like 10 years of trying to push people to not be the diagnosis. So mm-hmm. um, you're not a narcissist. You are a person that suffers from narcissism mm-hmm. sort of thing. I chose that one specifically for you. I felt like that was <laughs> aimed at me, yeah. but thank you. No. <laughs> um, I've listened to a lot of your podcasts and I have the power of diagnosing. I don't believe you you meet the diagnosis criteria. of narcissism. Oh my God. Finally, that's it. I'm using that. That's, um, uh, that's going on the website, not a narcissist. Uh, <laughs> Please leave your credentials at the end of the episode. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, you know, it's, it's a, you're not a schizophrenic. You're suffering from schizophrenia. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. That sort of thing. And so, but I'm, I'm a hundred percent. I was, I, and not only was I a a diabetic, I I have been a bad diabetic. My hemoglobin A1C has been, been horrible. Go ahead. You said that at the beginning and I thought, boy, that's an older idea in diabetes. Like I, I never, hear parents of younger kids who are more newly diagnosed say we're bad diabetics it's always it's always adults who are of a certain age who at some point grew up with the idea that doing it right whatever that meant you know with a needle and and insulin and nothing else Mm -hmm. and no direction um and doing it wrong meant i'm a good diabetic or a bad diabetic and i hear some people say it with like real loathing, like they screwed up. I hear some people say it with a lilt that tells me they know it's ridiculous and it's just something people say, but it really is prevalent in people with diabetes of a certain age to feel like they either did it good Mm -hmm. or did it bad. And that's such a shame, you know? Yeah. That hit me, um, again, this past week, I've been listening longer to the podcast longer this past week, but I've been, uh, going nonstop this past week because right. I had uh, I had slowed down. But um, you had said to somebody uh, that it's just that age that between 30 and 40, just that age bracket, something something in there in the care for diabetes. Just wasn't was there. What, it, I mean, it, it, but at the same time, you know, for the generation that boiled their pee, 
I don't know if you're hearing that. You know, when you had Doctor Ponder on, right. he, he didn't say that. Yeah. You know, maybe he's a maybe he's a great diabetic. We all know he is, but uh, no, so, just if you're if you're it's that there's a middle ground. Like you're saying, if you're older than that, like whatever that range ends up being. I've never done a study. Uh-huh. I don't exactly know where it is. But if you go into that generation prior, right, who was had nothing, then you know, regular and MPH and like thirty minutes before probably seemed like a dream to them. And so their their perspective's just different. Yours is, you know, listen, I, I mean, obviously you can't make people feel any way. Um, if you could, everybody'd be happy because somebody with better perspective than you could just point out, you know, what's up and you'd be like, Oh, great, that's perfect. I'll just start feeling like that now. Obviously it doesn't work like that. But if I step back from your story here for a second, what I hear is for all the, you know, miles of crap that you you slog through what you end up on the other side with is the exact right education to make sure that nothing like that ever happens to your daughter. And I feel like that's what parenting sort of is anyway, except, you know, except we don't see it as much, you know, here's another way to think of it. Uh, A person grows up with terrible parents and it either overwhelms them, right? Or they learn from it. That usually ends up being what it is. And even the people who learn from it, are still kind of, you know, messed up in their own special way. Uh, But they have a perspective that tells them, I don't want to do those things. That's how we, that's how society continues to gradually get better, you know? And it happens so slowly, you can't even see it in your lifetime sometimes. It's just, it's happening. It feels like autopilot. And if it wasn't diabetes, it would be something else. Like if you didn't have diabetes and your daughter didn't have diabetes, there'd still be something from your past that you've learned from. It just wouldn't be so front and center in your mind. And she'd come through the room and say something and you'd say, Oh no, no, no. And kind of, you know, course corrector based on this knowledge you have from the past that would be burned into you, but not, you know, not on the tip of your tongue constantly, just with diabetes. It's always on the tip of your tongue. Cause you keep living it. It's, it's groundhog mm-hmm. day, right? Like it just mm-hmm. won't stop happening. So it, it's more out in the front. I don't think it's any different though. So somewhere in there is your ability or inability to not wallow in it. And I don't mean wallow as pity, but that's the only word I popped into my head. Well, wallow is a really good word because I was going to say, you know, in that age bracket, we're talking about, you know, 90s kids and we all listen to Nirvana. So it's Nirvana's fault, (laughs) you know, um, that that we're wallowing. But when, when, okay, so when my daughter was diagnosed, from that point in the next, you know, two to four weeks, I learned so much more about diabetes than I ever knew in the previous 25 years. It's insane. I, I, we went to, so this is where the good endos come in to, um, our children's hospital. Um, and, uh, not that I knew the name yet at that point, but lo and behold, it's Dr. Ponder's team. Um, and so our, our endocrinologist, Dr. Uh, Stevens is amazing. And one of the nurses there, his name is Brant is amazing. Mm-hmm. Just absolutely amazing to the point of like, I, you know, I gave her a couple of shots um, in the hospital uh, you know, for her and stuff like that. No, I guess it was maybe the the day after, but, um, it was hurting her a little bit. 
not that she didn't, you know, I mean, there's shots and she's six. Yeah, right. So, uh, when, when we went to him, you know, his, his attitude is just so positive. He was able to, to teach, teach us, but also teach mainly just teach her that, look, I can do a painless shot and he did it and she didn't feel a thing. And hey, it can be painless. She, he taught us ne- never to call this a good blood sugar or a bad blood sugar. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have a moral um, standing yeah. in, in life. It's just that high blood sugar or low blood sugar. Mm-hmm. And and all those things weren't there. I don't feel like, you know, when I, when I was um, going to Texas Children's and because my hemoglobin A1C was a certain height, I had to, to stay and talk to the dietitian and yada, yada, yada. So it's it's been amazingly different in getting and being and being able to ha- let her have the freedom like with that dexcom um uh my wife and i based on what you talked about with um arden and not restricting food we don't restrict any food now we're not letting her just have skittles every single meal right because we weren't doing that anyway but there's no there's no food restrictions yeah I think that's a big deal. I just looked at Arden's A1C for the last 90 days um, because I wanted to echo what you said. Um, When I let go of the idea, not good or bad blood sugars, I I don't think I ever felt about them that way. I think I felt about them like, you know, okay, we need insulin. She doesn't need insulin, like that kind of feeling. It's high, it's low, it needs carbs. Like I always thought of it as reactive like that, Mm -hmm. but still – when I let go of the idea that Arden's blood sugar was going to be 85 all the time was a big deal for me. And it didn't lead to her A1C being any higher or, or, you know, any better or worse. It was, it was just my, my crap in my head, right? Like the jumble that would pop up into my head when I saw it, like the difference between being like, Oh, she's 160, She's starting to head up we probably didn't pre-bolus in time or this wasn't enough insulin or whatever it ends up being. We'll just do the thing that makes sense to do now and move on. I'm not saying I want to be clear that I'm not saying that, you know, I see Arden's blood sugar at 300 and just go, Oh, whatever. You know, like I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking Mm -hmm. about the, like not beating yourself up over it part. Like that part that was very freeing for me. And I did, I did it for a number of years um, before you guys knew me. But it was um, it was not beneficial, and it wasn't helping anything. Like I think it feels like it's helpful. Like like I'll I'll punish myself over this maybe so that it doesn't happen again. But that's not how it works. So you know you can't tie a blood sugar to personal punishment. It just doesn't. They're not connected to each other. It doesn't make any yeah. sense. You know. And that's something that I had to learn. Yeah, you know? of course. Um. And I don't, I still don't know if I, if I've learned a hundred percent, like not tying my, um, like if I'm having a roller coaster day and, and it's because I'm, you know, doing you know, something wrong, I'm, I, I'm usually bringing that on myself, but luckily I feel like we haven't had any of that sort of stuff with, with my daughter, um, at the very beginning, um, <laughs> my wife looked to me to be some sort of expert 
on diabetes. I'm like, what? <laughs> I don't know anything. Um, have I you been, not been care. paying attention? <laughs> barely, I could barely take care of myself. Remember I don't know I how to take care of, of someone bed? else. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Like, uh, so we, you know, we've, we've learned together how to take care of her. Good. Um, and I mean, and, and honestly now it's, I think it's, it's probably more her. I know that I, I th- at one point I remember you saying that it, it's, it seems like it's better when it had, when there's one person in charge of the care of a, mm-hmm. of a child, but really it's, it's probably like 55%, 45% me. And, um, and we, we she was a, she, she was 7.6 when she was um, diagnosed with diabetes, which I don't think is that bad no. uh, in the grand scheme of diagnosis. Um, and then she is uh, her last one, which would have been, you know, November to July, uh, was five. Wow, that's she's amazing. five point zero. Jeez. So we, I say we, I caught it, I caught it really early. Right, and you did a good job. that's been I've been amazingly thankful. They kept us overnight one night. Um, technically, they said she went into DKA, but she was never that bad when we got out and went over to the Indo's office. They said, Oh man, you should have just come. You should have just called us and come in. We could have gotten that blood sugar under control and wouldn't have to do any of that hospital stuff. Right. I was like, well, we didn't know that. We yeah. didn't know who you were, <laughs> you know? So, um, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty thankful for, for my ability to, to catch that. That was, that was something that I, um, you know, I, I, when I, when I'm crafting something for the house or whatever, I see all the flaws, um, that I, that I did, but that I'm, I have been able to, to get that, uh, that joy out of being able to, to catch that. Good for you. No, I mean, it's a big deal and you obviously you helped her and her launch into this is so much better because of it. Plus all the things that dangerously could have happened if it would have just gone unseen too long. I -hmm. genuinely believe Arden was just a couple of maybe a day or two away from going into a coma. We didn't Mm -hmm. like, we just kept staring at her like idiots, you know, just, wow, she looks really sick, you know? Yeah. And, and see, I don't, I don't think I would have, she was two, right? Yeah. I don't think I would have been able to, I mean, I wouldn't have known what symptoms looked like for then, you know, where, you know, (laughs) same age and, and same symptoms, at least similar symptoms. So, I just don't, I just don't hold on to things like that the way other people do. And it, it really, this conversation has made me think that not that I don't think I didn't realize this before. I just never kind of put it into words in my own mind, but the amalgam of who you are, how you grow up, what your brain chemistry is, the things that have happened to you or not happened to you, you know, they all are going to inform your reaction to something later. And me feeling like, I did my best and I don't hold any weird feelings about not figuring it out sooner is probably a lot less about me, like the conscious person you're talking to and a lot more about however I got built over the years. And just the same as I think your reaction is probably as much to do about that as it is about anything else too. the, the things that happened to you and how they intersected with, you know, your physio- your physiology and, and everything else. It's just, you know, I think that anybody who would look, I think that anybody would look at somebody who's having anxiety or depression or worse and think, I'm better than they are. You don't realize that's 
you, you don't realize. It's just, you're just lucky. It's just dumb luck that that didn't happen to you. You're not, you know, you're not broken and I'm not. You, you know what I mean? There's something that could happen to me tomorrow that would run me over that you'd probably skip right through. We just haven't found that thing yet. Um, I, I don't know. I just I think it's important not to feel that way about other people. And um, I know it's crazy to say it like this, but like I saw Kanye West say something yesterday, and your first thought is there's something wrong with that guy. You, you, you know what I mean? Like, but I don't feel like. I don't I would never say like uh he's nuts ignore him. I would say I think there's something he needs that he doesn't have. Y- y- you know, and mm-hmm. to me that seems it's horrible. Y- you know, like that somebody can't help him or that he, he, he I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I would never look at him and just judge him as somehow inferior to other people. He's, you know, he's been through stuff that I haven't been through. Um mm-hmm. and you know, and, and so on and so forth. I just think like I, I, when I'm talking to you today, I just feel like you never know, man. Like if there could have been four other different turns in your life and you might feel differently. And who's to say that those turns aren't going to get made better moving forward. And you're not going to get to feel differently in the future. Um, cause you've been, I mean, we've been talking for over an hour. You've been upset for, 50 minutes of it at the very least like like once it hits you like it hasn't gone away you know mm-hmm. um and and that's a tough way to that's a tough way to have to live day to day especially because and gosh josh i, I i'm so sorry but we said we were going to say this but your youngest has markers for type one as well right no my oldest your oldest does so the nine-year-old looks like it's about to happen for them as well so like a couple weeks after my middle was diagnosed. We were uh, around the, the dinner table, um, just having fun with, you know, a blood sugar meter as you do. And, um, and he wanted to test his blood sugar to see how it felt. And so he tested blood sugar and I, I, I looked at it and I, I, sh- I turned it and showed my wife, you know, with my, my bug eyes and, mm. and, and he was 264. Oh. Yeah. We had just had dinner. Is 264, and she just looks at me, and that I, I have not experienced the feeling of hope just devoiding itself from myself. Hmm. That didn't make sense. Hope just leaving me. Um, oh, it as makes much sense as I did, me, Josh. That happened to me that day. Yeah, yeah, I've had that, and 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 uh, I it leaves me speechless at the moment. And so we, 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 we dipped him in alcohol and made sure it was all no clean. No sugar because, stuck to him anywhere. Right? Yeah, yeah. 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 We, cause he was actually uh, squeezing strawberries um, <laughs> for some weird reason. So you're like, maybe that's but, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's it. And um, so we tested him again and uh, he was still high. What did you tell there, him? I don't know. I don't know I if we do. really said anything at that point. We may have said, "Well, your blood sugar is a little high," but then we left the room and started bawling. Yeah, right. Um, so you know, <laughs> it's one of those things where, like, I knew I knew a little bit of what to do with my 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 middle, uh, but at this point, I was I was beyond action. I could not. I was just I was a I was a puddle, oh, and yeah. luckily my wife, um, she. 
I think at this point we were at a, a messaging basis. No, we no we called we called the the Indo's office and they said, okay, we'll bring him, um, bring him in tomorrow morning. We'll do a, a hemoglobin A1C and check check his blood sugar then. So we did. There wasn't much sleep that night. Uh, I wanted I wanted to check his blood sugar another six times while he was asleep, but I didn't. And um, <laughs> I remember the the moment we we were in the waiting room and the nurse Brant came out and he looked at me and because I'm like this with 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 everybody, so he knows I'm like just at this moment of, of just about to cry and he looks at me like he he feels my pain and he just but he what he says was why the heck did you check his blood sugar <laughs> <laughs> you know that's going to lead to trouble but <laughs> it's like we were we were playing around no uh so we we checked his blood sugar there and did his hemoglobin a1c and um he uh i think his blood sugar was like 100 and i think his a1c was like 5.2 something mm-hmm. it wasn't it wasn't bad so we were like okay we took one of per the doctor we took one of the libres extra libres that we had and put it on them no they gave us one of the professional ones so that okay. it just got a little data um so that we didn't have to to fret mm-hmm. for two weeks um gave it to them they went over the results we saw the results okay this this i mean i was looking at this doesn't look that bad <laughs> But Dr. Stevens was like, oh, man, I just, uh, there's just something about these numbers that I'm not 100% comfortable with. Mm-hmm. So he ordered the antibody test. We got the antibody test back, and he was positive for three or four of the five antibodies. So it's a matter of time, possibly, before it happens. I'm pretty sure that, because they, they've all said that it's not impossible. It's a, a win mm-hmm. because his antibodies are attacking his insulin, like the insulin that's in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the other ones that like just in a combination, it's, it's going to happen. Um, I remember that phone conversation. We were outside um, and I'm just listening because my wife is the one doing the talking and, you know, it's just another, just, I, I, I could not understand what was going on and, and why my wife stayed with me and married me in the first place when, I mean. Well, I, I, I think that there are a lot of people who think they know how that feels and, and, um, it's, I, I know I feel like I understand what you're talking about and it's a, um. It's, uh, I mean, numb's the wrong word. It, it feels like that there's nothing positive that exists in the universe, and it's all gone, and it feels like it disappears in a split second. It's very powerful. Um, but I think the good news is, is that, you know, it, it, that's not really the truth. It's not, it, it, what this ends up being is not what you were hoping for, but not, I mean, you hear people on here, right, all the time. Mm-hmm. We're living terrific lives, and they're not going to be any different than your kids and they don't need to be any different than you, honestly. So, um, it's a, it's, I often wonder about, I, I, I sometimes think I'm going to have a grief counselor on the show one day to talk about the connection between being diagnosed with something that's incurable and how, um, how people respond to death. 
Yeah, because I think they 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 appear to just match up to me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so, I mean, man, listen, it, it appears to me that you were fighting with something for a very long time that you've just started to address for yourself, and then you have this um, diagnosis, and then another diagnosis, or you know, uh, upcoming diagnosis. It feels like I can't tell if that's worse. If he would just have it today, or if you get to think about it, I'm not sure what's uh, worse that, for your yeah, psyche. That you goes know? back. That goes back to that argument of um, should you have uh, like your kids tested, yeah, or you know, uh, and do those antibody tests. Do you want to know? know the day you die? If I could tell you the day you were going to die, right? would you want to know? Right. And the answer's got to be, I think no. I think well, with the dying one, definitely. Yeah, no. <laughs> unless it's like next week, and then I wouldn't. Mm-hmm some some really stupid things i'd like to do for a couple of days uh because i've been pretty i've been pretty good to this world so i'd like to uh <laughs> i'd like to lose well, you gotta my get mind all those for... podcast files set up for, oh my for hosting. gosh i'd have to get all the editing i'd spend the, the last week of my life editing shows editing, and getting yeah. them ready to go up for you guys <laughs> but you would have a lot of um a lot of people there you know for your for your funeral listening all the all the listeners would come in and everything the, the like show that. would finally be as big as i want it to be because people like did you hear about the guy that died but first he set up six months of his podcast to go online <laughs> great this is a this is a grim uh grim yeah, joke that we're going yeah, on I, yeah we just went right down into my head bro it's like oh then i wouldn't know that, yeah. that, that's what would but be mo- most of the time things are it's not like so dolly parton she has uh she has years and years of music that she has recorded. And I thought everything. you were going to say huge Stand boobs. Up. I did not know where that was going. <laughs> I was like, what is Josh about to say about Dolly Parton? <laughs> she has all this music <laughs> saved up. Okay. Uh, all right. I don't even know. I can't even go with that. But yeah. Uh, uh, and so, yes. And and so she's going to probably uh, get even more popular in, in mo- uh, moratorium, mor- moratorium, okay. whatever it is um wow you used the wrong word but now you used it so badly i can't think of the word that's right um all right we'll think of it later that'll probably end up being the name of the podcast oh god (laughs) (laughs) well parton's big boobs yeah no no i was gonna say something else but never mind (laughs) as long as we got you Um, to say (laughs) um it, it, it listen man i i have to say that i can envision an absolutely delightful future for you that I think is already ha- beginning to happen, but I don't know if I can talk you into believing it exists or not. I have to, I've never been a good, um, like just sitting in a classroom, listening learner. Mm-hmm. I need to try it out. I need to do it with my hands. Yeah. Um, I, I am, I'm trying to build a bass guitar, uh, and so I'm practicing on another piece of wood, uh, to, to try and make sure I, I figure out how I can do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I have to, I have to experience and learn. And I think, I think that process has started. Um, I think, I thank you and the podcast for helping me with that because a lot of it, like I had said before is the community. I, um, there was a time I went for a work conferency learning thing uh, to Dallas and the, the hotel clerk, I recognized a Dexcom or something. And I was like, Oh, you're a type one diabetic. At that point, I, I want to say that was probably the first type one diabetic I had talked to in maybe five years. Knowingly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, it, to me, we, we were always, you know, 
uh, silent and, and there was, you know, there was nobody, but then, you know, the podcast, you're bringing people on, um, I'm hearing their stories, which I, I absolutely love, you know, cause I'm a counselor I'm getting on, I don't do Facebook, but I, I look at, you know, your group and then the loop group. So mm-hmm. I loop and, um, and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, that community has really made me realize that, okay, uh, there's more. And, and though my son's personality is probably not going to be as good as my daughter's personality about it, he will, he'll, he'll be all right. Well, he's got every opportunity, I think. And that's kind of all you can hope for at this point is that, you know, that the options are all positive and that the idea will be vetted by you and then by somebody smarter, your wife, and then, um, mm-hmm. and then, it, 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 and more beautiful. Well, I didn't want to say, but, uh, it, but it, it, um, it, it's all right there now, if, and, and he, he's not going to be, well, he shouldn't be burdened with the, the experiences that you were right. Like he doesn't have a sibling who passed. He, that's tough. Like whether you think of that or not, it, that had to have been very hard on you growing up. It had to be hard on your mom in ways that probably rebounded around the house. You wouldn't even be able to see as a child. And then, you know, everything else that comes with having type one diabetes at that time, having someone say to you, why don't you go die a Because, you mm-hmm. know, let's hope that kid stubs his toe, uh, as an adult. Um, <laughs> You know, that that kind of stuff isn't going to happen in your house. And so you just have to traverse the other 5,000 things about having diabetes that everybody else has to get through. Mm-hmm. But yeah, with the best technology all, I, that's ever yeah. existed in the world, you know? I'm sorry, I have you a list. list of all this stuff of like, oh, yeah, like, and you've talked about endocrinologists and how that's been. And I can I can talk about, you know, our school experience um, and, and how that's been. But... Uh, you're right that, you know, at least my personal journey, I have to not um, equate their experience with my experience. Yeah. It's, gonna be it's going to be different. different. And with my son specifically, you know, he has not watched my daughter suffer at all. In fact, my daughter probably gets, you know, three times as much candy as she used to. We're not a juice box family. We're a Skittles family. You're a Skittles. I have a couple Skittles. So let's see. Yeah. Let's see. I don't know what the non the generic name for Skittles would be, but you know that's that's what we are. Um, you have generic Skittles? No, oh. I'm just thinking like if you wanted to if you wanted to name the podcast that. Oh, uh, oh you know I rather see rather saying. than getting in a, in a in a trademark or copyright thing, you know. Yeah. Um, Maybe but, I'll just uh, call this one "Taste the Rainbow." Who knows? Taste the rainbow. <laughs> so yeah, we I, love Skittles in this I, house. I was leaning towards Josh has all the feels, but uh, <laughs> but we'll see what That's happens. Very apt. That's very apt. Um, yeah. So yeah, and it's uh, I I I have never not had insurance. That's one of those things. Like it's it's it has put a lot of responsibility on me in good ways. Yeah. Um, and currently I have, uh, excellent insurance that will cover us, will help us. Um, yeah, uh, the, the, you're right. The future is in front of us and, and, and yeah, Josh, all you got to do is calm down. You'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's well, this, the the dog that I did not step on. Well, please, we actually, say. yeah, <laughs> we actually we we got um, through the help of uh, of of donors and a GoFundMe. She's a diabetic alert dog. Oh, wow. Um, and uh, like we're just trying to cover all of our bases. So I started with um, uh, the Omnipod after listening um, to you guys and also that nurse Brant. Um, because I thought, okay, maybe uh, my daughter would like to have the Omnipod. Uh, we would like her to have the Omnipod, so I'm going to start doing it. Mm-hmm. And so as, as soon as I decided, okay, I'm going to start doing the Omnipod, my, my, my wife, the smart one, she looked up and saw this thing called Loop. I'm like, okay. So, yeah, I jumped. I mean, I think I, I did the Omnipod, you know, normal experience for like two weeks. And then I started looping. Okay. And then here comes your podcast again to be able to to, to kind of help me with that. Not in an advice way, of course, but oh, help course me with not. that. And and then Jenny, you know, um, I I signed up for integrated uh, diabetes service and and went and um, I did not ever get to meet Jenny because COVID happened and moving happened and my my subscription ran out. But. Um, I got help setting up the loop and, and getting that going and, and it just keeps moving forward. And, um, there's, I remember recently that you had someone on just talking about how the, all the medical things with, with diabetes that are happening, like there's no, it doesn't feel like there's any other field that is moving so fast. I agree. I think, and I think that it's, um, it's building on itself too. It just feels like it's, it's gaining a momentum that, uh, I just never thought would happen. Like I say all the time that, it, and I really do mean this. There was a, a long period of time while Arden had type one, uh, as a younger person, obviously for people who have had it longer than her, we're just, you know, a company coming out and being like, look, we made a new meter. Is it any better? No, but it's new. Like that was an mm-hmm. advancement. Like, look, we changed it. Aren't the look the numbers are easier to read? Like, like that kind of stuff was was a leap at points. And now we all stand around going, "Well, when's the Dexcom G7 coming out?" Like, you know. Yeah. And the minute it comes out, you're going to be like, "Is there going to be a G8?" Like, you'll say it immediately, you know. And then yeah. you'll say, "No, Russia got kicked out of the G8. It's G7 now," which will be a bad <laughs> joke that I will tell at some point. Um, but uh, it just it 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 is it's it's moving at the fastest it it ever has. And, um, and I really do. I agree with you that algorithm pumping for those who can, um, get it and want it is going to be a, it's going to be a big deal. Your son may never know diabetes, even, even a sliver of the way you knew it as a kid, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's Mm -hmm. really good. It's excellent. You're, you're, you're in a good spot. You just don't know it yet. Yeah. I was put on this earth to, uh, to raise diabetics. I wish I knew why, why I was here. <laughs> but uh, you were here. You were here to uh, disseminate information uh, and uh, and comfort to those that can find the uh, the podcast. Oh, geez! As soon as I said that, Josh, I was like, it's going to seem like I was fishing for a compliment, but I really don't. I really meant I don't feel like I oh, have a, man, that, a real purpose. <laughs> let me check the DSM with the narcissism there. No. I, as soon as I said it, there was a voice in my head that went, don't say that because it's going to feel like you said that. So we'll say something nice, but I didn't. It just popped out of my head. I just, um, 
I, I don't know Every- how other people feel like during during their days, but I I genuinely almost always feel like I should be doing more than I am. Um, mm-hmm. It just it's a I don't I I don't know what you know what broke in my life coupled with how I'm wired that leads me to that feeling because I think if I step back and look, I think I'm doing uh, a lot for people who I don't even know, which is already. I think more than what a lot of people are able to accomplish. And so that should feel good. My kids are healthy and doing well and I'm keeping a home for them. Um, and all those other things. I feel like I, I feel like if I quantified myself on paper, I'd think, Oh, that guy's doing okay. You know, but there are still times when I'm standing somewhere thinking like I could get another episode of that show out, or I really do want to have a doctor on to talk about intermittent fasting. Um, and I, if I, there was more time, I could, I could nail this one guy down that I want to have on and get him on, but I just, uh, I can't do everything obviously. And the podcast can't just be on constantly. Um, and so I don't know, I don't know if that feeling of I'm not doing enough really just means I feel like there's more to do. Um, and then maybe I'm making it about myself instead of making it about what's left to do. I'm not sure, but you know. Well, if I was if I was your therapist, I would say that uh, a lot of times um, people base their their worth on their productivity. Okay. And sometimes, um, if we're we're not that it seems like you're feeling down or anything like that, but we always are wanting to push our productivity so that we can push feeling better. Mm-hmm. You know, and so being able to to step back for a second and look, you know. At, at what you've created or what you've done, um, practicing that mindfulness is always a good thing. You know, it's not going to take away that feeling of, I want to do more, I want to do more, because that's it's good that you want to do more. But um, realizing, oh, wow, I have done, I have done a lot. Yeah. It, it, I'll tell you where you see it, where I see it the most of that idea of like, it's not where it's not enough is with. So, you know, you measure a podcast by downloads. It's streams or downloads or mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. It's people's ears hearing episodes, right? And then you measure it by how far into that episode they listen. Like those are <laughs> pretty much the two ways you know if you're doing okay. And there was my wife was joking with me the other day. And she said, Do you remember when you told me if you can just get the podcast to fifteen thousand downloads, you'll know it's moving in the right direction? And I said, yes, I do remember saying that. And she's like, uh, she goes, how many downloads did you have this month? And I said, uh, 115,000. Like I, at one point was talking about the entirety of the show, like just making it to 15,000. And now this is the reality. And I look up and I see that it's about to hit 2 million total downloads. And I, my first thought is, didn't you just hit one million? Yeah, yeah, I got to two million pretty quick after one million. Yeah. So, so I see the two million, and what you, what, and what I should think is what you just thought. Like, wow, I hit a million, and I got to two million much more quickly than I got to one million. This is going in the right direction, and it is. And I know that academically, but when I see the two million number approaching, I think. I wonder how much more quickly I could get to three million than I got to two million from yeah. one. Like, it's just that weird feeling of like. How do I do this better, stronger, faster, quicker, like mm-hmm. go, go, go? And um, and I am a little competitive too. Yeah, so, I was about to say we're we yeah. we are a competitive we're a competitive race right. generally. Um, we're always trying to push and um and uh, do better than our 
than the people that are copying you. There, there are times when I'm low-key astonished that I'm able to keep my concern for people living with diabetes in second place, or in first place, excuse me, in front of my feeling of wanting to win. Mm-hmm. It's because it, it, they feel like two things that they feel incongruous completely. Like the idea, like I want to have a great podcast and I want it to be listened to by as many people as possible. And I, and, and that kind of thing. And I just really would like people to feel better, like, and just be healthier and meet people. Like you said, you never met anybody without with diabetes before. It does that for some people. And so I really do feel that way. I, I love what the podcast is, all the good parts about it, but they also have da- it also has downloads and I'm like more 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 <laughs> like like it's weird to try to keep those two things um separate. I do see mm-hmm. them as separate, but I I don't ever want them to bleed onto each other. Like I don't mm-hmm. ever want the idea of making the podcast popular to be more important than the podcast actually being popular for a good reason, I guess. Is what I'm saying. If like a few minutes ago you had said I really want to get on um Dr. Oz to talk about intermittent fasting um, I can't. I can't think of a, a, a popular doctor, and I hate Doctor Oz. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, um, I, if I said that, but, I'd know there was something wrong with me. <laughs> right, but if you had said, "I can't get," you know, I want to really, I, I really want to get this famous person because they have type one diabetes. Rather, you said, "I want to get the information about intermittent fasting out to people." Right. I, yeah, and I so hear that's, that. That's that difference. I, my whole marketing plan around this podcast is that somebody listens to it and gets enough out of it to tell somebody else about it. That's the entirety of my plan for getting bigger. So mm-hmm. I, I just think that p- trying to plan for anything else is silly because that it's not it's false, right? Because even if you can drag people in, they're not going to stay. Like if it was boring or banal or or just any in any way not listenable, then you'd get them there. You'd go to all this work to drag them in, and then they'd listen and go, "I don't want to listen to this," and then they'd be gone. You, you know, so. To me, if it helps people, it self-sustains. That's how I think of it. So, anyway. So, Scott, how does that make you feel? Uh, A little hungry, actually, (laughs) because we've we've talked into the first hour of my uh, intermittent fasting schedule today. (laughs) And somebody downstairs is cooking, and all I can smell is food. (laughs) And then my brain goes, you only have seven hours left, and this is a good conversation with Josh, so don't stop talking to him. So There we go. Yeah, we're going to have to stop, Josh, so I can eat. Okay. Uh, Happy birthday, Arden. Oh, I will tell her. Thank you. And listen, uh, on a complete um, off note, I just have to ask you before you go, uh, and thanks so much for coming on and doing this. You were incredibly honest and open, and I really appreciate that. But what kind of headset is that? Because it sounds terrific. It Well, it's one that the VA gave me. It's from work. It's a Jabra. I see that. Okay. So Jabra is a, ban- a brand that's out there. I can tell you it's B-I-Z, Biz. 2400 and then there's like a like a two okay two, like roman numeral two almost okay and it just it plugs into the usb it's like it's plug and play yeah it has this that i can you know mute and whatnot and uh no yeah. kidding jenny you're about to get a new headset in the mail <laughs> <laughs> sounds terrific so and it was super oh, good I, I, I was thinking i because i have and you know like earbuds or you know to plug in i'm like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna get this thing working on my personal computer because it was a, no, a work thing so no, it's terrific it really is good um yeah sometimes i send jenny technical gifts and she then calls me and says how do i hook this up 
because she's delightful. Um, this one should be easy. So yeah, no kidding. All right. Uh, well, listen, man, the best to you and your kids and your family and that poor dog, which obviously can't live much longer the way it's being stepped on. And, um, and, and just, I really do appreciate you doing this and, Oh, look, that's a beautiful animal. Look at that. Ooh, time to stretch. Lovely. What kind of dog is that? She is a Bernadoodle half. Um, well, actually a quarter Bernese mountain dog and three quarters poodle. Yeah, I burned snickerdoodles once, but uh, I just, I think I had the oven too hot, to be perfectly mm-hmm. honest. Uh, mm-hmm. Burn a doodle I've never heard of before. I'll check that out, too. All right, Josh, I'm going to go downstairs and eat something before my stomach attacks my brain. All right. Uh, thank, you. thank you so much for doing this. I really do appreciate it. Have a good day. A huge thank you to one of today's sponsors, Gvoke Glucagon. Find out more about Gvoke Hypopen at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. You spell that G-V-O-K-E-G-L-U-C-A-G-O-N dot com forward slash juice box. And to learn more about the Contour Next One blood glucose meter, please go to contournext.com forward slash juice box. There are links in your show notes and links at juiceboxpodcast.com. And as soon as this music stops, I'll fill you in on what's been happening with Josh. Okay, Josh wrote me just the other day. I'm sorry, I'm not on the microphone. Josh wrote me just the other day and said, since we've spoken in July, a few things have happened. In November, his daughter hit a one-year anniversary with type 1. And on December 7th, they officially diagnosed his son with type 1 diabetes. He says, now there are three of us in the house. Uh, He did not have to be hospitalized, which was great. And he was quickly put on Traceba. And then in a few days, they allowed them to start using Novolog to get him off the roller coaster. But that he's adapted very differently than his daughter has. And I've uh, sent Josh an email back and invited him to come back on the show in six months or so and tell me about that. I'd just like to say, Josh, that my thoughts and my family's thoughts are with you and your family, and I'm sure everybody listening has you on their mind and in their heart today. 